You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Previously on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What? There's a new Marvel show? Hydra. Inhumans. Aliens with Squid Faces. Ghost Rider. LMDs. More alternate reality stuff? More alternate reality stuff. Weird space dragons, two Colsons, and now we're at time travel. What a ride, guys. Hey, I'm Nathan, and we are covering the probably the most underrated Marvel show, question mark, except for Luke Cage season two. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and with me, I have a couple other special S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. I have Special Agent Rose. Hello. And I have totally not an LMD, Mark. Hello. No, I am live and bio-based. Yep. (laughs) Woo! I totally don't suspect (laughs) you being an LMD. But guys, uh, I'm going to start by just sort of saying that this show, I mean, we've all been on a ride with this show, but it was kind of weird Starting it off, everybody was so excited for it because it came hot off of the Avengers and Iron Man 3. Everybody right, right. wants mm-hmm. the newest Marvel thing in them right now. And then like mm-hmm. three episodes in, everybody's like, this is the worst thing I've ever seen on television. How could you do this to us, Joss Whedon? Why are you treating us like right. actors on his productions, allegedly? Uh <laughs> And then was he what, was he tough on them? Is that it? Was he Hitchcocking them? I guess I don't know. I all I will see is headlines and just go on there. I like some Joss Whedon stuff, but anyways, he was only involved in the pilot and kind of the creation yeah. of the show. But <laughs> then something happened around thirteen episodes in where they got the formula right, and I promised I wouldn't mention my other podcast, but it started becoming Marvel's Mission Impossible. And it's pretty fucking great at that portion. There was a really cool episode that was like a train heist that also had Stan Lee in it. So it was like once Stan Lee came into the fold, we were like, yes, we're blessed now with kind of entertaining (laughs) television. And then Agent... Well, that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. That's what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s supposed to be is Mission Impossible for the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, totally. That's what I've liked the most out of it. And then... The Hydra twist came in from Captain America Winter Soldier, and once they had those toys to play with, you started to realize how much the early episodes were all about character development. And if anything, that's been the strength of the show so far. And then, for me at least, seasons two through five progressively kind of got better in a lot of ways. And then... Six was kind of a slog, but it was a 13-episode slog <laughs> as opposed to a 22-episode slog. 
and his season starts up, and as Dr. John said, S.H.I.E.L.D. finds himself in the right place, but it must have been the wrong time. And things got super fun this season. Not going to really dip into spoilers right now. We're going to just give our spoiler-free thoughts on this season. Give our feelings towards the season, final rankings, and then past that point, we're going to talk about the season. Full spoilers on, and then... Mm -hmm. After that point, we are going to just give our final thoughts on the show as a whole. But how did you guys feel about this season? I I thought it started off super fun, like you said, and then about halfway through, it started to peter out for me because they started to do all the things that I didn't like about the other seasons. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, for me, uh, it was a lot of fun. I saw them experimenting with the show. There was a lot of genre playing, and... You could feel that they were like, we've explored every other aspect of the Marvel Universe. Let's explore time travel. Let's explore. And then through that, they explore show genres, like uh, movie genres, like m- film noir and 50s monster fiction and 80s mm-hmm. action flicks. So I really applauded that. And then the end gets a little slow and gets very convoluted. And then they rely on you to be a super fan, which luckily I am. And go back all the way to season one and pick out things from all the different seasons. So it got a little, a little very conf- convoluted and confusing at the end. But so an uneven season, I think. Very uneven, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably more positive on it than you guys, but I, I will agree. I felt like the first half, we played with a lot of different genres. And then towards the last half, it sort of became, I mean, Colson even says it at one point. It's a really lazy greatest hits album. And all the greatest hits are like all the B-sides that you weren't interested in. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not wrong. Yeah. No. And it, I I didn't need to hear I didn't need to hear from certain characters ever again and they were back. <laughs> yeah, they this they trotted out uh some some familiar faces and sometimes it was just kind of empty for the sake of hey remember this person it's like eh, i don't really want to yeah a lot of elbow nudges a lot of huh huh yeah i get it i get it <laughs> yeah i'm i'm gonna say a lot of these with like the least amount of spoilers that the show's actual like original descri- uh, description explains but so colson is a robot now. How did you guys feel about LMD Colson? Because I know there were a lot of mixed feelings about the whole Sarge character of season six. Uh, oh, he's way better than Sarge. Those feelings, anything other than this is stupid and why are you doing this? <laughs> my my feeling was it was pretty much Colson. LMD, I thought it was kind of pointless, just like I thought his second death, the, the season before that, uh, was totally pointless, and it only really served to be useful in just a couple times that themselves seemed contrived just to move the story along. It's like if he wasn't an LMD and didn't have certain abilities or a lack of weakness in one area or another, we wouldn't be able to progress the story, so let's just make him a mostly invincible robot just so we can do this or do that, and I thought it was kind of cheap. Uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, the only difference between regular Coulson and LMD Coulson was the fact that, yeah, somebody tacked on LMD 
Coulson at the beginning of the script. It really did make a difference in the personality of the character, which is good. I like that character. And yes, it was so much better to have him back. It was just to me, it was this Coulson being back. So I'm like, good, better than the Sarge yeah. character. I mean, yeah. You know, they also established that that's what, that's what Coulson does. He dies and he's really good at it and he's good at coming back. So, yeah, which anything, he proves a couple times in this season. If anything, I found the most worthwhile moments of him being an LMD being just tiny moments of Colsonisms where he's just like, do I have gears? That That's weird if I have gears. And that, mm-hmm. that was about it. Like if, if they were going to do that, if they were going to turn him into an LMD, um, they maybe should have done that a season or two ago because that that's kind of a big deal. That's a very big change, especially for someone who's died for, you know, what, the 13th time or whatever and been brought back. And they only dipped into that kind of existential, oh, God, I'm, I'm an immortal robot now thing like once. And it almost came out of nowhere. And then they just dropped it and never brought it up again. And he seemed to be super cool and happy with being a robot. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, okay. it, it's it's a strange move. For sure. Uh, The other thing that we should talk about is the fact that a character, and I'm not going to say which character, from another Marvel show that may or may not be set in the past, becomes a main cast member. And I was wondering how you guys felt about that without saying who the character is. Uh, I am... I have to watch this show. I know what show you're talking about, but I liked him. I thought it was an excellent addition. And... uh... He's probably the reason why I'm going to watch that show. I, I was extremely excited to see this person show up, although I did not like what they ultimately did with them. And uh, once you told me before the recording, you know, that you found out like production wise, that's exactly why the only reason they brought him in. I really hate it. Yeah, I, I don't have yeah, as I strong feelings as you do towards what they do with his character. But I will agree with you for the most part. I, I'll say I like 90% agree with you, but the other 10% of me is just like, well, I felt like I was never going to see that character again, so I'm glad I did. Even if it is mm-hmm. in service of a character yeah. having a romantic lead. Uh, but yeah, let's get into final thoughts for this right. season. I'm going to start with you, Mark. Okay. Okay. Um, well, it's weird because on the final season, you feel the need to analyze the show as a whole. And to me, it's been consistently entertaining, uh, very underrated. Uh, it's got its problems, but sticking to this season, it was a half of it was incredibly entertaining. It was experimental. They were, you could tell they were ending and they would just want to play around with time travel and different genres of fiction and doing each episode like a, you know, a, a type of film or a type of TV that was from that era, like uh, film noir in the fifties and like LA film noir in the fifties and uh, an eighties action flick and a fifties monster movie and stuff like that. And then it was great and it was really great. And then it gets to the end where they have to resume the main plot and uh, it gets a little too soap opera. It gets very convoluted and they are depending on people to go back and remember everything from the last seven seasons, which if you're a fan, which I am, you can do, but I, I don't think that's always the best idea for to go so far back as introducing a character from season one, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, the show's been on for seven years. But, you know, 
So it was uneven. Uh, my feeling about it, is, I will rate it six out of ten psychedelic <laughs> Steranko covers. Very nice. And Rose? Uh, I'm, you know, as, as deeply critical as I am and have always been of the show, you know, because I was extremely excited for it when they first announced it. Um, I'm still sad to see it go, even though I, I like it less than I did initially. Um, I, I really, really liked the time travel aspects that they went this season. Uh, I, I think you hit it right on the head, Mark, that they, knowing this was the final season, they just decided to finally go hog wild and really have fun with the time travel stuff. And usually for me, when, when a, a movie or especially a television show uh, brings in time travel, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm done. If you're not going to take this seriously... Um, but they they handled it well, and it, like I said, it was it was very very fun and watching them play with all the different genres. Uh, it's just super unfortunate that about halfway through the the, the season they just kind of dropped that completely and never went back to it. Uh, so yeah, ultimately I think I'm gonna have to give it a six unnecessary LMDs out of ten. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I would, I like this season a lot. I think that this season was a great change of pace compared to last season, which was a slog. You could tell that for the first half, or oh, at least yeah. the first nine episodes, they were having so much fucking fun with it. I mean, even yes. even after the time travel, you get the, right. the great time loop episode that was directed by uh, Simmons. I'm totally blanking on yeah, her. Yeah, oh man, that, that one was the best of the season. Elizabeth Henstridge. And, and you could tell they're having so much fun with the title cards, especially. Just going mm-hmm. from decades right. to decades. Even the 70s cheesy intro of everybody. And the... And they, 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 <laughs> oh, I love that. They that had a so Tron great. title, guys. They had a Tron title. This is so up my alley. I think I gave it, I, I, I got to oh. give it seven out of ten handshakes with Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Just for the Tron title alone. <laughs> yeah. A lot of this season tries to be the end game to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And in a lot of ways it succeeds. But I'd say there are diminishing returns as it goes towards the end. The biggest mm-hmm. problem is who's Absolutely. ultimately Absolutely. the big bad, which... We will get into in the spoiler section, but we've had a show where the big bads have been Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, just great actors, and this final big bad was so underwhelming. But... Yeah, did did, did you like all those characters? Do you like those actors? Well, do you want to see younger versions of them played by completely different people hamming it up like it's a mid-2000 CW show? Oh, yes, yes. The acting got abysmal at the end with those guys, yeah. God. Now we are in spoiler section, everybody, buddy, buddy, buddy. Ooh. So anybody who wants to watch it, stop. And, and you know, yeah. please watch it. So <laughs> Yeah, you might be surprised. So, guys, Enoch yeah. did not deserve to die. No, that was so uh-huh. pointless. That was another, uh, felt to me very, very that was a great character. Yeah. contrived just because, oh, well, we need to further the plot and we also need some drama, so you're dead. And it's like, oh, he I'm snuck dead. up on me so much as being Plus, uh, the like MVP character in season six and on to being even better in season seven. 
Yeah, he was a lifeline in season six, as I recall, too. Oh, yeah. Just, oh, my God. I mean, there were certain characters that were your go-tos. And that that was a season where Clark Gregg really couldn't do what he normally did. And it was like, okay, we got Ming-Nan Wen and we got Enoch. You know? Mm-hmm. So, Okay, goodness. so we definitely need to, A, talk about the fact that Sosa is one of the leads in this character. And going back over that. Daniel Sosa from, from Agent, Agent Carter, Carter right? is Sousa. Sousa. Oh my gosh. Okay, going back over again, like it's episode nine. Daniel Sousa from Agent Carter becomes one of the main characters of this season, starting around episode three, which was a great episode, especially seeing Simmons impersonate Agent Carter was so satisfying. I loved that, that so was. much because I am a massive Agent Carter fan, massive Peggy Carter fan in general, not just the show. Uh, so every time they kind yeah. of head back that direction or mention her or you know, anything like that, I'm just always so giddy. And yeah, that, that episode was so great where she impersonated Peggy Carter. Oh, yeah. And then you also had... Well, I finally, I finally had the impetus to watch yeah, no, that show. you should Thank watch you. it. It's I short enough. I finally had the impetus you know? to watch that show. Go on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two seasons, two seasons like right. 18 Unfortunately, episodes. It needed more. And then oh, Coulson wow. honestly stole the episode for me saying, oh, I always wanted to try this with this old Blade Runner test on that old lady. It was so great. <laughs> and then we we get into what I think is one of the strongest episodes of the entire season, which was the Coulson Noir episode where the LMD Coulson, honestly, this mm. may have just justified LMD Coulson was <laughs> yeah that might have been yeah, the whole purpose has, of having him yeah he gets hit by an emp and his entire world is black and white and he can hear his own thoughts and the entire episode is from his perspective but comes off as a noir yeah, he has an interior monologue it works somehow he has an interior it's monologue fuck, but you watch it and you're, you're still like invested in the show that you were watching yeah, and then they go full on with like the chiascuro lighting and everything. I know I just butchered that, but yeah, they they go completely <laughs> into the noir thing, and that is that was one of the best episodes of the whole season. Absolutely, absolutely, I love that. Yeah, and then later on we um, get into the seventies, and then later on the eighties, starting around the eighties episode. That was my other favorite episode. That uh, that uh, '80s uh, cheesy action movie one, the Chopping Mall. Uh, yes, yes, with Deke and uh, uh, Deke and Mac. That was oh, that was delightful. That's, and I mean, li- the music. That's where it kind the of the synth lost music. Off. Oh really? Well, I, I grew up with that crap, so I'm kind of I was kind of having fun I, I with it. Did too, yeah. to, to some extent. I mean, I'm a, a end of the '80s baby, but I, I am just. I'm a over 80s references and, and 80s throwbacks and, and more modern media. And they just, <laughs> they did it in a way that was so cheesy. I'm just like, man, this feels like a college humor skit. I'm, I'm done uh, with this. I don't know. There was part of me that I can understand the cheesiness that. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. has always been cheesy, you know? Me, me too. I loved Deke Squad. And I actually, this is the season where Deke <laughs> clicked for me. Where I was just like, oh, I actually really like this guy. Like, he lives in a life where he is technically one of the more important characters in this show, but everybody hates him and he knows it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it was the first season where I didn't want to punch yeah. him, so I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, he's he's pretty hit or miss. I, for me. I just loved his whole like, yeah, uh, Deke Squad. I mean, half of these guys are soda salesmen. They sell coke out the door, which killed me. Uh, and yeah, that that was I love that funny. they actually addressed that Mac uh, time travel is not kind to black people. Oh, yeah, that was brutal. It, mm-hmm. I, I found that to be something that I feel like a lot of shows neglect to address, but they addressed it just enough to where it wasn't, you know, a focal point of the season. Especially yeah, I was with, the, with uh, the episode that we just talked about where they're interrogating that guy uh, in 1955. Right. <laughs> and he's yeah. just like constantly calling half the racially diverse cast racial slurs and it's just like oh man yeah as 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 spicy as abc can get away with he he calls them like every name in the book and they have to go get the white guy to come that that was taking a risk for abc when may walks in there and then walks out (laughs) after they're like yeah i couldn't stay in there because (laughs) she he kept calling me the oriental (laughs) and i was just like oh man (laughs) and then Later on, the show takes a turn, and there are good episodes after that turn, but the turn really happens when they introduce Nathaniel Malik, if you don't remember Powers Booth's brother, as a big bad. Terrence Malick, right? Fuck, is this one of the weakest big bads they've ever had in the entire show? Oh god, he was so bad. Like that that every time that little twerp was on screen, that all the momentum just ground to a screeching halt. It sucks because they do ha- his second in command, who I won't say is like up to snuff with the rest of them, but is Bill Paxton, young Bill Paxton, played by his That son, was a cool James callback. Paxton, who Yeah, and he does kind of a pretty solid job. I mean, he he doesn't fully resemble his dad, but he channels just enough Not of his dad. <laughs> yeah. He he looks more like young Jack Nicholson in the 1989 Batman movie. Mm-hmm. In the entire show, I, I found him to be so fun. And then you have this wet blanket of a main big bad. I would have even taken the other... Malik, uh, his older self that Deke saves because that's a more interesting character. Yeah, There's so many more interesting big yeah, and setting him up. I, I would like callbacks yeah, from it, other people. Like it would have been nice to see Kyle McLaughlin's character again, even Mr. Hyde, that, that version of Mr. Hyde. And uh the I mean mm-hmm. Shader, even bring Agent Ward back. I mean, I know it's been overdone, but come on. I thought he was going to. Yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, he was a big fixture of the show for like three seasons, right? How the hell can they not bring him back in this season that's composed almost entirely of, hey, remember this? Like, what the hell else is Brett Dalton doing these yeah, days? come on. Yeah, I can't imagine he's that busy. <laughs> and the the big bad of this season, whichever Malik that was, I really don't I only care. remember I, him because he has my name, found Nathaniel, a, a better... which isn't my full name, but you know. <laughs> could they not have found a better costume for him they had him in the dorkiest looking hot topic grade trench coat and fingerless gloves and it it completely sapped away any threat that he might have had to him he looked like such a little dweeb 
to me, he kind of looked like yeah. if somebody went into a clothing store with their dad's allowance and was like, make me look like Kay from Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> yeah, it's like a middle schooler's <laughs> idea of what a hardcore badass bad guy looks like. Like, I just, oh my And then God. they also <laughs> do the disservice of giving Sky an alternate reality sister who... That we've never heard we've about. We've never heard about. Her? And then making her the yeah, they, emotional. They, they pulled a Buffy. They pulled a Buffy on her. They did the exact same thing they did in Buffy. I, and I think that uh, Joss was a little more active in this one. He was a showrunner for a couple of episodes. And I just realized that's they did the same thing they did in season five of Buffy. They they we put yeah. in a character that they retroactively put uh, in continuity. Same thing. <laughs> and I, I, I have a massive bone to pick. Maybe I just had checked out so much that I wasn't paying attention. But at that point, weren't they still in like 1983 when her mother gets killed by Dweeb in the trench coat? Yeah, and they cease to age. Yeah, well, not only that, but how does Sky continue to exist if her mother is killed before she's even born? Yeah. <laughs> Well, they explain that it's it's an alternate yeah, timeline. It's an alternate Still. timeline. It, it's not Back to the Future. It's Endgame. Mm. Right. Well, right. I had plenty of problems with that in Endgame. <laughs> so. It's a multiverse thing. You wouldn't understand. Uh, look, just because you're too stupid to get it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no. Yeah. Com- comic Beyond physics that, is weird. It. It just, it, it was a weak big bad that led into a plot that really just was used to take us to the finale that they needed to bring us to. And if anything, that's my biggest issue with this season is the big bad. Yeah. Yeah. He I... was just a, a complete non-entity. And every time he was on screen, I could not wait for him to get off. Yeah, it was, it was... It, you could tell they were just coughing to the finish line on that in that last part of the season with that. It was like, this is what we got, guys. Sorry uh, if we're running out of money or whatever. I don't his, know. His whole, like, goal, everything that he was doing, he just came off like a poor man Siler from Heroes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anarchy. He just wants no system. And, totally. Uh, yeah, whatever, dude. Yeah, I... I yeah. Outside of that, if I have one other big nitpick with the show, it's that, you know, we have the best actor of the show, Ian DeCaster. I'd probably flugged his oh, name man. as Fitz, who is, Decker, I think. is only in here for one episode. I will tell you that. And he's great in the one episode that he's on because he's Fitz and he's wonderful. But... You know, it's kind of underwhelming having him on there. And I hear that was a creative choice. I'm doubting the legitimacy on that. I will never believe that. But he... Yeah, you you believe he had other things to do, I right? I guess. Yeah, I think he finally just told them, look, I've been the best actor on this show for all seven seasons. I'm too good for this. You guys get me for one day. But if I, I guess if Daniel Sosa well, is the replacement, he made it his own, though. I can't be all that mad. Yeah. Even for like half a season, you know. I mean, I, I did detect a lot of we just don't care in this season. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, just it's just an episode. Get through it. Next, yeah. Moving on. We, we do get you a know, lot of great uh, guest stars like Patton Oswalt and Patrick Warburton, who are pretty fantastic. <laughs> but I love Pat. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. 
his history with shield oh, yeah, is great totally yeah. i love the koenigs whenever they show up especially using <laughs> i love when they had the uh the sister koenig like in an earlier season and you're just expecting for it to be pat oswalt in a wig and it's not and it's just for some odd reason that was that even funnier but let's get into the finale just shortly before we give final thoughts on the show as a whole. Uh, how did you guys feel about the finale? Mm, just kind of whelmed. Not not really upset. Convoluted. Not really happy or sad. Just kind of, no, oh, that was a thing. Yeah, it was. It, it got, to quote another show, timey-wimey, and it got <laughs> so confusing and so convoluted that I just kind of disassociated at a certain point. I was like, okay... Let's just go to the last scene. Okay, that was emotional enough. Okay, I'm done. Because I was like, I was trying to desperately keep track of what was going on, and I was paying real attention. I was like, yeah, you lost me, guys. I'm sorry. You just totally lost me. Yeah. And yeah, the continuity errors like you were talking about, like, I mean, I'm trying to defend the whole, you know, uh, Daisy being there when she shouldn't be born yet and stuff, but honestly, I had the same problem with it. <laughs> and. I'm like, you've screwed up time royally, but whatever. I mean, don't try not to think about it. You know, there's a good chap, that kind of deal. And I'm like, <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, it wasn't a horrible finale, but it wasn't a particularly good finale, is my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. I did find some moments to be very satisfying, but on the whole, I needed just. I would say about like six more moments of really great material. And I needed like at least six more moments of like truly great material. Like, I mean, fan service is overdone, but I needed like some amount of fan service. I really wanted, uh, what's his name? Sosa, Sousa to appear as a NYPD officer in the middle of the Avengers. I know that's too big of a request. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, I remember you mentioning that, and I thought, oh, that that would be a great ending if he just, you know, hey, drop me off here, I'll I'll make my own way, and then we find out it's in 2012 or something. Like, that would have been great. Right? I I was hoping for that. He just gets to be a dumb himbo love interest. Hey Rose, you were talking about oh, oh, oh excuse me a second. I, she she brought up some good points about uh, the Daisy character and the love interest thing, and I kind of wanted yeah, to go for over sure. that again. Totally. Yeah. Or did totally. she already go over that? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's super dumb that they brought in this very much fan favorite character, uh, allegedly only for the purposes of him being another disposable love interest for a character that's had about as many as there have been seasons for the show. And according to the production on the season, they literally were like scratching their heads at, you know, if we're doing time travel, how are we going to find a love interest? That's great for Daisy for our final season. Cause we got to give her a love interest every season. It's like, do you though? (laughs) The fuck you do. Yeah. No, you don't. She's a strong character, man. Let her be a strong character. Like that that's a that's a disservice to Sousa and that's kind of also I mean, I, I do not like Daisy, I never have, but that's also a disservice to her as a female character to say, Well, she's gotta have a love interest. No, she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. No, she doesn't. Especially when the show is about her like establishing a family tie with Shield. That's what it's really about. Yeah, and I and, mean uh, it, it, it goes go to on. show how empty they, they approach this because 
the the last time we saw him on Agent Carter, he was getting together with her, and so you know if if what we saw in Endgame somehow eventually the math checks out that that's the same you know, universe. Ultimately, she breaks up with Sousa. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't right. he be heartbroken? Shouldn't he have some kind of discussion about that? Something? No, but it's just he sees this girl and just they fall in love because reasons. I don't yeah, know. and she's a chick with vibe powers, man. I mean, come on, give him a break. She's a chick <laughs> with vibe powers. We were talking about <laughs> rapiness and time loop stories on a separate chat. And it's kind of weird that she didn't like realize him as a love interest. Like it could have been done well had it been done earlier maybe but the fact that she's like huh i'm gonna just take a stab at this and like even mac was like yeah that was that was, was a great moment weird. though yeah and the scene where mac is telling Souza, he's like yeah she's in love with you and she's chosen you and uh, when she makes up her mind oh she that's doesn't okay change it and Souza's just like oh Okay, then I'm like, uh, hmm. Except for the other I six times. I did like Sousa yeah, giving her, mind. her <laughs> shit for her nickname, Quake, though. That was fun. Yeah, I did that was, that, that was a was lot great. of fun. Uh, beyond that. And, uh, and a guy from the 50s would find it funny. You know? Yeah. A guy from the 50s would be like, this is bullshit, In guys. Come Quake on, seriously. Utility belt. <laughs> so. <laughs> and he, he played that off so well, too. Like, you... you at times couldn't tell if he was messing with her or if he was just his you know kind of old old world guy self being genuine and trying to be supportive this is the name she wants to be called yeah <laughs> okay. and, and just sort of wrapping yep. things up I, I will give the finale credit that it gave Fitz and Simmons a solid ending for the most separated couple mm-hmm. ever since fucking Sun and Jin on Lost Right. And right. Agreed. I I kind of found it funny that in an alternate reality Deke is the head of Shield. Apparently they wanted to <laughs> <Yeah>. film a scene <laughs> where he had an eye patch and is in that universe called Nick Fury, which is kind of funny. Oh, I kind God. I kind of like that. I kind of like that white Nick Fury is a punchline for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would take that no i never thought of that but that's a good but one. getting into final thoughts for the full show as a whole mark how did you feel about agents of shield as a series i, I as a show is consistently entertaining and way better than people gave it credit for uh even though whedon was on it a lot it, a large part of it had his feeling especially with characters like may and uh and and you could you could you felt like uh, Whedon, Whedon's dog was coming out of Clark Gregg's mouth half the time. Yeah, Clark. I think Clark Gregg was fantastic, and uh, like I said, I've always liked the way he he does his humor in that show, and his timing is impeccable. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd give it. I'm not. I don't have another formula thing re- uh, ready, but I'd, I'd give it about a seven out of ten as a show, which is pretty good. Yeah, you totally. Know? Yeah, Rose. Yeah. Uh, overall, I. It, it was never the show that I had kind of hoped that it would be because I'm I'm a big lover of spy fiction. I love Shield and the comics. I've got the complete Starenko trade paperback and other Shield related books and stuff. And so I was really hoping Ooh, nice. to see this spy organization that keeps the Marvel universe running and not on fire when you know there aren't superheroes around. 
And we never quite got that. They they stayed way too focused on inhumans and aliens and space and stuff like that. So it it was never the show that I wanted it to be. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't entertaining at times. I really loved the Ghost Rider arc. And I I loved this Me season, too. at Me least too. the time travel-y parts of it. Um, and one other point I wanted to make about this season is it looked gorgeous. I don't know if they got a bigger budget this season or what but between the the time travel period set pieces and then some of the uh like just advanced cg graphics they were able to really get their money's worth out of this season it looked gorgeous that is one nice thing i'll say maybe about that's it. why the back half um, was but it's overall, been a pretty slick show yeah um but overall yeah. as as a series as a an entity of the marvel cinematic universe i've seen better but I've definitely seen worse, for sure. And I'm, I'm going to give it also a 7 out of 10, I think. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. I mm. feel like, yes, it was not the show that I hoped it would be. Which, I mean, I described it earlier. Mission Impossible for the Marvel Universe. That's a pitch that sells mm-hmm. itself. That's great. But the show that I got... The big strength that I can give it to is it's been more consistent than most of the Marvel shows, and it's definitely been more consistent in its character development. These characters in the first episode outside of Phil Coulson, I could have given two fucks about. Literally all of them. <laughs> but as you go through, I ended yeah. up caring about some of them to some of them are to, them to where some of them are my favorite Marvel characters to some extent. Like May is fantastic mm-hmm. and Fitz is wonderful yeah. and I will die for either of them, which is something I would have never expected to say after the first episode of the show. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, seven out of 10, uh, Bill Paxton tasting the future on the tip of his tongue in season one. There's a callback for you guys. Uh <laughs> yeah yeah bill paxton is in this show and he's great in it that's why you should watch it you guys should watch the show if there's any issues yeah give it i have kyle mclaughlin everybody kyle mclaughlin yeah if there's any issues i had with this last season was that there wasn't enough Pat and oswald because usually we get two for the price of one and we only got one for the price of one and that's disappointing (laughs) i need more canings i need more canings that i can question our lmds or not that's what I need. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming to my therapy session. It's been great sharing Agents of <laughs> Shield with y'all. Good night. <laughs>